Hello and welcome to another episode of the Apex Law Podcast. I'm Alexander Theo Harris. And I'm Peter Smith. And today we have a special guest, Todd Comer. Peter, would you like to introduce our guest? Yes, I would. So Todd Comer is with the Beltown Insurance Group. They're actually a local insurance company here in Seattle, in Belltown. And Todd and I have worked with a number of clients, actually, on some insurance needs and whatnot. And today, we've asked Todd to come in to specifically educate our listeners about event-based insurance. Todd, welcome. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Uh, great to be here this morning. Before we jump right into it, I do want to note that while Peter and I are attorneys, we're not your attorneys. This is for general educational purposes only. If you have specific issues that you'd like the assistance of an attorney on, be sure to find competent legal counsel in your area. And to back that up too, Todd is also a professional, and he's going to talk generally about insurance needs, but anything he says here is obviously not a promise. And also to piggyback on that, Todd is is a professional, and what he's about to explain is educational only and doesn't represent any promises on insurance or policies or underwriting or anything else. All right, so Todd, tell us us a little bit about Belltown Insurance Group and and event-based insurance. Yeah, like I was mentioning earlier this morning, Belltown Insurance Group started about 15 years ago, and we pretty quickly figured out, the three partners and I, that the creative class, however you want to define that, whether it's producers, photographers, DJs, musicians, bands, they're not being supported properly in my town here in Seattle. And we've found that once we do support this crew properly like we did many years ago we they are fiercely loyal they're awesome customers and they have been excellent referrals and we just have enjoyed them so much it's been a great group to work with but that need from these people who usually work off-site instead of in an office environment has put us right in the middle of event coverage and event insurance Yeah. So based on that experience of, you know, doing these events and these, you know, creative artistic endeavor based things, I think it'd be good for our audience to know a little bit about how do I, you know, how do I ensure my event? What what should I be thinking about? Well, I think the first step is really to consider what you already have as a company for your for your policy or your coverages. I think that's the first place to start, is really to look at your what I call a business owner's policy or a BOP and see if your company, and it is very company personality underwriting based, to see if your company will accept your event, whatever it may be, as an adjunct or an endorsement to your current policy. That's always step one. So you wanna reach out to your current agent have them consult with their underwriter. You can develop a narrative of your event. I think it's important to make sure it's a story too so that that narrative carries all the way through your agent and to underwriting so that your underwriting team has a complete picture of what your event is gonna look like and and how it's gonna go down. So So, I'm gonna ask a question here. How much of a story should it really be? Because I, I certainly have had Clients come to us and say, oh, I'm going to be doing this thing. How much should I tell my insurance agent? I think more the better. It, it, it needs to be a story because it's going to be told audibly on the phone, typically nine times out of ten. So if you wrote it down, it would look maybe four or five sentences if you really honed in on the who, what, where, when, how, some of the activities. Is there going to be alcohol? Is there is there going to be water around? Is it going to be in a park, a public setting? Make sure you get those elements into that narrative so that your underwriter has a complete picture of what's going on. I think that the nugget there is that, you know, having a relationship with your with your broker Huge. is important. Yeah. I mean, I think the first nugget there was what Todd is saying is, is hey, you're going to have an event. 
reach out to your broker. Oh, if you've never called them or you don't have a good relationship with them and you're in this kind of space where you're going to have events, start a relationship. Start, grow one as soon as possible. Yeah, right? yeah. And because your agent has the power to, I don't want to say manipulate, but maybe put their finger on the scale. To How about advantage. advocate? Advocate is yeah. a great word for it. It's 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 just taking it to a different level. It's it, Underwriters trust certain agents more than other agents because they have a rapport with their underwriting team and they've proven to be reliable reporters of events like this instead of maybe trying to hide certain things that might be a red flag or just being straight up and being powerful with your underwriting team as an agent can get you so far and and most of the great agents have that rapport with their underwriting team and you want to find an agent like that that's that's going to get you far especially if you're doing events yeah and so a quick a quick just framework for for all the listeners out there so your 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 agent the person you you mostly interface with for the insurance for your company is not necessarily representing an insurance company that's going to be paying you in the case of an of an accident incident etc right they're kind of the the go between between them and some other quote underwriter those are the humans who are reviewing your risks and writing your policy right okay so you know you want to have a good relationship with that liaison like your attorney right alexander sure yeah right (laughs) you know you want to be on the same side as your advocate okay so let's get some context here let's say that apex law we're going to go to the park we're going to have a team building event and we're going to have a softball game and so we show up to utah and we want to play some softball. We're all going to be terrible, by the way. Oh. But we're going to play terrible softball. We need some ringers. It's, but, but, but it's mostly, but, but okay, so check it out. It's mostly for the drinking. Right? Yeah. Okay. Also, yeah. we have a dunk tank. Oh, good. Just raise the bar. Yeah. So I mean, there's, there's a dunk tank. We might as well anyway. put it in the and ocean. And the, the totally. idea is that, you know, we're going to have a great great uh, time on a Saturday afternoon, and, enjoy, and everybody's going to enjoy, maybe not everybody, people will enjoy an adult beverage. Walk us, through, walk us through that. What should we do? Well, I think you really just need to get out your notebook and write down all those different elements that you think you might encounter. And your agent will be great at helping you um, discover some of these things you may not have thought about. Like, is the parking lot across from a busy street? I mean, there's so many angles to this. Are there other people having events around your event? Could be a huge issue that needs to be addressed. So you want to identify physically where you're, where you're event at. What city or county elements are going to need to be notified and additionally insured? There's no such thing as having an event without, out in public without someone, either a business owner who owns the property that you're take, having an event in, mm-hmm. your municipality, whether it's a county, city, maybe even federal in some cases. Mm-hmm. We're playing uh, softball at Mount Rainier. Right on. That's going to be right in the Fed's backyard. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. No, seriously, they, they know most municipalities or whether they're county, federal, they know how to deal with this because people will ask to do events. Yeah. And just everywhere. So right. don't be afraid if you think you're going to have an event at Sammamish, Lake Sammamish. They know how to have events there. Yeah. They can help you figure out what they need to have insurance-wise to meet your needs. And so th- so it sounds like the idea is to go to your broker yep. with this, the, the specifics, like know where it's going to be, what time of day it's going to be, exactly. what park it's at. How many people you're How many inviting. people you're going to have. Right, because if you tell them, oh, it'll be between 10 and 100, I mean, that's they're going to get you a policy for 100. I mean, so, right, so exactly. you should probably try to get, yeah, our RCP county is 18 right. or whatever. 
That's perfect. But if you had 100, I'd probably go to a different company to write that policy if it doesn't fit into your business owner's policy, which may not if it's over two or 300 people in a park. Right, and so that was that was also one of Todd's pieces of advice, right, was right. check your current policy before you write a specific thing for this one event. Always start with what you have. You may be surprised that, you know, if you host the Boy Scouts, you know, at the park, that it's probably tame enough that you can probably have your business owner's policy yeah. underwritten and endorsed to do that. I am constantly surprised by how much insurance my clients already have. I think it's always just habit to start there. Mm-hmm. It, it's just I think it's normal for you to have work with what you have and then build on that. And and we can talk about that another time. But it's a layer cake. We can always talk about an insurance being different layers to meet what your business needs. And you may have it already. Certain classes of insurance insurance that people need to buy have more allowance for having events. Yeah. You just it's just a case by case basis. Okay, so we're going to the park. Alexander and I, we've we've got our narrative down. Yeah. We've, we've dialed you've it in. You've got your story. Yeah, but we you know tell where you, it is. But we tell you, you that know we, when it is. <laughs> you <laughs> know how you're doing it. Yeah. Are you catering it? Well, uh, so we know we know all that stuff, and for sure, yeah, it's catered, and and there's going to be a beer in my hand. Yeah. So help me. How does alcohol affect it? So alcohol is definitely going to take you to someone else that specializes in events. It, 90%, I should say, I should qualify it, 90% of the time, your business owner's policies will not be able to cope or properly account for the risk of having your company serving alcohol in an event. It's just the way it's laid. They're not, they're not, they just don't know how to do it. You have to have experience in the underwriting team to write it properly. So then you're into specialized companies that write off-site events. So then you're into specialized products that cover these events and when you have alcohol there's two types specifically two types of coverage that you need to consider when you have an event with alcohol at it the first one is what we call host liquor and i can't get away from the terminology it's just host liquor is where you are hosting the event belltown insurance group is hosting that event we are not serving the alcohol because we are not professional bartenders. So we've hired a catering company to come in and be what we call a primary primary service that and they bring their own alcohol coverage to that event. Mm-hmm. So that that's so you have two types, you have your primary or host liquor. Though that's a huge distinction that your agent's going to need to help you develop and understand. So is alcohol really that big of a difference to an event? It is. I, the rough number we run into is about uh, 300 to 400 times more risk Holy mackerel. to an event. When that, is, that is a massive number. You know, and I, I think if to try to put it in real terms, um, when you go to an office event, and of course this never happens to us because we, we own the company, but if you're an employee and you go to an office event, there's so many reasons that might be minefields and personalities Maybe you have a few extra drinks just to kind of smooth things out. Yeah. Maybe make it a little bit easier to make it through the event since it's kind of a work relationship anyway. Mm-hmm. I think that there's that dynamic there where people maybe go a little farther at work events than maybe even they would in their personal life just to kind of cope with the dynamics of a work environment in a pleasure environment. Oh, interesting. I would expect the opposite. I would expect that at work you'd be more on guard and less willing to imbibe. I think maybe an event starts that way, but I think if you really 
think about it, and most of us don't want to do that. But yeah. I've noticed after going to other people's events and kind of thinking about it from that perspective, I think people tend to over imbibe. Uh, if you think like a holiday party yeah. is one that jumps out in my yeah. mind. Uh, maybe it's just been a great year, and but now you've got to deal with Alice down the road, down the hall, and she, you guys don't get along. You don't get along. Maybe Jennifer, uh, maybe Fred is your competitor and had a better year, and you're going right. to have to explain that to all your management team at the party. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of dynamics if you think about you've got your spouses there maybe. Maybe that's an issue or something that could be something that you'd want to smooth over with an extra drink or two. That's the kind of dynamic that we see when we're ensuring alcohol at events. Todd, I'm going to be honest. You make holiday parties sound miserable. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that's, that's, we, that's where we have to look at things. Totally. And this gets to an issue that we probably could do a whole show on, and that's companies underestimate the magnitude of the risk that they're taking on. Mm-hmm. I think that that's... You don't have to tell us that, but I think our listeners could appreciate that for sure. Okay, good. So it sounds like alcohol is going to make things a little bit riskier and potentially avoiding it, you know, could be a good thing, despite the fact that Alexander and I both feel like it greases the wheels to make (laughs) things safer. Uh, (laughs) You have more impact resistance. You're you're better looking. You're more flexible for the softball game. You know, it's 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 a it's all there. Okay, so so alcohol. Right. Number one. Number one concern. Um, You also mentioned working with the local municipalities and and endorsements. Tell us more about that. Yeah, an endorsement is technically just a change to a policy. It's all it is. But the magnitude of the different types of endorsements that a city might ask for is mind-boggling. And then a city has... So, So for our listeners at home, can you explain what an endorsement is? Yeah, it's literally just the change to a policy. Most endorsements are called additional insured endorsements. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that you're getting into when you're working with a city or a building owner that you're going to have your event in. They're going to want to be additionally insured to take themselves out of the risk or or to be included in the risk and not have to risk their own coverage when you throw an event. So endorsements are what we in the legal world call amendments. Exactly. Just tack-ons to that agreement. Yeah, it's it's really just a change. I try to keep it as simple as possible. The paperwork involved with the city when they start naming their officers, directors, volunteers, the language gobbledygook is ridiculous but manageable because we do it all the time. So that stuff, just get your paperwork, bring it to your agent. The venue knows exactly what they need. They'll probably hand you the endorsement sheet. They literally call it the endorsement sheet. This is what we need. Go back to your agent, consult with your agent, and then we get into building the narrative and doing the paperwork. And so I get the public place situation, and you mentioned a little bit about landlords too. I mean, same thing with private stuff. If we want to host an event at some private venue, yeah, the sure. landlord will have the same. If you if you want to have a show at the Paramount, you want I have one of my brother's company is a fairly large company here in Seattle, and he did the entire ballroom at the Sheridan. That, that He didn't do it, but his company did. Yeah. I think there were four or 500 guests. They're, the Sheridan was going to make that company bring in the caterer and all that stuff, and they're going to be the host liquor, right? The company is. And they're going to have to protect the hotel through an insurance policy from any risk. Does that really, and you guys are lawyers, so you tell me, does that really protect them from 
does the Sheridan really get protected from the risk? I don't know, because they're probably going to get sued if something goes wrong, too. It probably won't stick to them, I would guess. But and it would depend more on the details of the situation. But So I would be remiss if I didn't ask this with you in the room here. But the question that I get a lot from our clients who are asking about insurance questions is, how much is this going to cost? So can, I recognize that everything is different, but can you give us a ballpark of what a small event would cost for an endorsement like that versus a large event, and, and what's kind of the range we're playing in? No, that's that's a great question. Uh, I we just did a we just did a chamber of commerce event at Green Lake, and it had liquor for a small beer garden, thinking twenty thirty people open to the public. Obviously, you have to show your ID and all the legal stuff to get in it. But I think it was a, a garage sale or a yard sale or some sort of fundraiser that they were doing. And they expected maybe a couple hundred people to be there. And maybe a fraction of that would actually imbibe in their beer garden. And the whole project was one day and it came to $1,200, which I think is you know, obviously your experience will vary, and there's so many magnitudes of different things. And if you have any history of losses, everything goes out the window, but it's expense-wise. But you, I figure about a 1000 bucks is a good starting point for an event where you are either hosting or serving liquor. Yeah, and so, you know, the number is a function of a lot of those things that Todd just mentioned. And there's a lot of, you know, ingredients that go into that soup. Um, but I'm going to pull one out. Because okay. I heard you mention prior loss. Yes. So I think another nugget here is, and t- tell us more about this, but another nugget for our listeners is, hey, you know, make sure you're on top of stuff because your track record is going to help that, that number, that price number in the future. Or, could, or, could, or, or it, a better way to say it is, is it would detrimentally affect that it, number. It's hard to quantify. I wish I could just throw out a percentage of how much more you're going to pay for your premium. But you will pay over a five or six-year period more for your insurance because you've experienced, maybe you didn't even cause a loss, but you've experienced or been in, involved in a loss or been sued for a loss. Um, and that is going to stick with you for a while. So if we can build this narrative to kind of bring everything back, if we build the right narrative, if you plan your event properly, if you have the right professionals that cater, if you take some of the precautions that the venue suggests to protect things or prevent things, preventative is huge. To, yeah. you're, it's going to pay for your pay, pay back to you. It's going to that expense and time put in is going to come back to you. Oh man, and that's such great advice because because what I hear Todd saying is you know he's he's not saying don't have the softball game. He's not saying don't throw these awesome. Events. I will never say that. Yeah, right. Because you want to go and well, yeah. And hang out I, with I, us. I mean, we want to have fun. I think people think that we're such killjoys. And, and it, we want to go to your event. By the way, invite your insurance agent. It's good luck. <laughs> it is. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but anyway, it's... actually, I've seen the State Farm commercials. They're always at the bad things. But but no, no. So so but I, what I want to say is, is like people shouldn't be afraid of it. They should just manage it. Right. Like, yeah, like plenty. we were saying, if there's going to be water at that park, maybe choose a different park. Be- yeah. Not because you feel like something's going to necessarily happen, but it's just managing those risks. Yeah. Listen to your agent. If they say don't, you know, look, alcohol is kind of. A lot to do with it. Maybe you don't have. Maybe you have a dry softball game this time, yeah. and not a dunk tank or whatever. Okay, so I've I'm done dunk tanks. It's it's possible. I, the, don't let the dunk tank stop you. 
Don't either. let the right, swimming right. pool oh, stop Oh, the dunk you. tank's going to be awesome. Bring, That's bring all, be I mean, it, whatever you want. If you want to file flaming jugglers, bring it. I'm on. <laughs> but it's... But manage it. But And maybe if you're having an event, maybe have more adults around if you're going to have families. Yeah, right. Because it, there's a lot of distraction going on. I, I think one of the problems that I've seen people run into when they have a business event is they underestimate how many people it takes to monitor 10 or 15 families having a great time. It's, yeah, it, it's so easy to lose sight of your children during and I'm not a, a, a parent so forgive me if I'm out of line but I think it's very easy from what I've seen people can lose track of their children especially as, as children get together and start playing together and maybe yeah, totally. the parents are in that work environment a business environment still I don't know there could be a distraction and things get lose track well i do have kids and i'm here to tell you you they they rile each other up they they you know the the dares start to come out people are getting you know all of a sudden somebody's jumping off a ledge yeah we have designated people i've seen different versions of how you can manage keeping an eye on everything Mm -hmm. so okay i want to circle back to my previous question around price so if that same event didn't have liquor what would a typical price point be well it may be a case where your business owner's policy can pick it up that's Liquor is absolutely not going to get picked. I shouldn't say that. There's probably exceptions somewhere in the country. But uh, liquor, most of the time, is going to knock you off your current business owner's policy. Just It's just not equipped for it. Right. And so so for most of our, our, our listeners, most of this audience will be business owners and whatnot who have yeah. some general liability. They probably policy. have general liability for your office environment. Yeah. And it's just not going to rate properly in most cases to, to go out, out off-prem, what we call off-prem. Yeah. So got it. So to answer Alex's question, it could cut it in half. I mean, it it could easily alcohol usually doubles the cost of an event for the insurance piece. But let's face it, if the insurance piece is going to kill your event, I feel like that's not a good event anyway. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, we talk about in our office all the time. If our cost is like a one or two percent of whatever you're doing, and that kills your event or kills whatever you're trying to do with insurance. Maybe you shouldn't be doing it or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something else mm-hmm. is going on. So just as a point of reference. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. There's, there's places in – so so, actually, Todd, there's places in the law where the law literally says if you can't afford the cost of doing business, then you probably shouldn't, shouldn't be, be in business. Uh, and I've, I've seen some opinions that literally say that, and they referenced insurance too. Yeah. Insurance, one of the, one of the entry points – in underwriting is can you afford your insurance? It's one of the foundations. Yeah. So if you late pay, this is getting off track a little bit, but if you late pay your insurance, we have a whole database that tracks how you handle your oh, insurance. Oh, what a nugget. So this is almost like credit score. It, it so is for a, our listeners, it like... It is a credit score. It's insurance-based. Yeah, have yeah. To be very careful. How totally, totally. I, I'm not saying... Yeah, right. But to be a good citizen and pay your premiums on time reflects very well on your insurance score inside the database as a company, especially. Right. It's right there with your Dun & Bradstreet. It's when we start start looking at how you operate your business... One of the cornerstones of are you effectively operating your business is do you pay your insurance on time? It's as simple as that. Wacky. There's this whole underbelly that we didn't, uh, insurance underbelly that we didn't know about. <laughs> well, if, if you think about it, you don't have to think about it. It makes perfect sense if you're running your business appropriately. Right. It's not an issue mm-hmm. until you mess up and then it, it pops up in our database. So. Obviously, we, we have only a short period to hear a lot of information, but is there anything else you want to make sure that our listeners hear? No, I think we've really looked at when you're going to do an event. I think 
just give yourself more time than you think you need to put it together. Don't be afraid to bring in your professionals that you're already working with, your agents, your underwriters. Make sure that you're talking to the event people at your venue, wherever it is, doesn't matter where it is. They can help you. They do it. They know how to operate events at their venue. They can give you all sorts of tips. Maybe if you do have trouble finding insurance from your current agent, they may even be able to help you find an event specialist in your locality that can get you set up with event insurance if that becomes a problem. Speaking of which, how do people reach out and find you? Uh, you can find me uh, at belltowninsurancegroup.com. It's uh, bigseattle.com. We have all of our contact information in there. You can call me directly if you want, 206-462-4299. My email address is todd at bigseattle.com. That's how you get me. And Peter, if folks want to find out more about Apex Law, where do they go? As always, you can find more out more about us at apexlg.com. And if you have any questions or you want to hear a specific thing about on this podcast, uh, email us at contact at apexlg.com. Todd, thank you so much for coming out today. Oh, thanks for having me, you guys. It's a blast. It was a lot of great information. Once again, I'm Alexander Theo Harris. And I'm Peter Smith. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.